Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back, everybody, to your fair 420 podcast. This is your main host, Chino, with my co-host, Jordan. Yo, it's yo. been, what is it, 22 days into the first, uh, like the first, first, year, first new the, year. Yeah, right. right yep. 2024. So, so 2024. Yeah, so I, still, I, still don't, I still don't even uh, put the, the year right. Every time I they ask for the date, I still put 23. You know what I mean? It still it doesn't feel like a new year. For sure, I know to all to all those people who who be doing that, including myself. It'd be mm-hmm. like that. We still got like a few more weeks until we all know that it is the number twenty four guys. So today is our special guest in the podcast. Today we actually have Nadia. How's it going? Thank you for coming to the podcast. You're actually the first guest of twenty twenty four. So this, you know, ready to kick it off, right? And you know the 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 stoner way. You feel me? Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So if you can just uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I am 25. I am currently in Michigan. I got into the cannabis industry because it really helped me heal as a person and motivate me to do more things with my life. And I really wanted to help people understand the plant more instead of having all the misconceptions I had when I first heard about it. For sure. And then what part of uh, Michigan you're, you're currently you stay at? I'm in Detroit. Okay. Okay. So I know right now the Detroit Lions are, are kind of hot right now with the NFL, yep. NFL playoffs. So I'll, I'll give you guys props. <laughs> yep. but, uh, are you born and raised over there in Michigan or... Um, I'm actually originally from Florida. I moved to Michigan two years ago to explore the recreational cannabis industry, but um, I spent most of my life in Florida, and my family's from the Caribbean. Okay, okay. And then how how's uh how's Michigan uh, out there like compared to Florida? I know, I think, I believe it's Florida, uh, legal state for cannabis. Uh, Florida is medically legal. I want to say medical with big quotation marks because basically anyone can get a medical card. Whereas up here in Michigan, it's medical and recreational and people are very open about their cannabis use. Yeah, actually, uh, I've been to Michigan, uh, I could say three times. Uh, And it's very different, the community from here in Chicago to over there in Michigan, that's for sure. And it's actually, I say it's a very welcoming community out there the front for the times that i've i've gone personally and uh right it's it's just been uh it's just a different atmosphere actually you know like everyone's very welcome like i said and and it's all about like i guess everyone's also getting trying to get educated as well out there and and it's like very open like i i see more people tend to be okay with it and 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 like less people out here which is still, you know, still a little <laughs> new thing, although it, it just became legal recreationally in like 2020. 2020. Hmm. So I know that right here out in Illinois and stuff, it's still like a, a, a big uh, like progress and to, to, you know, getting through to the right directions and stuff like that. Although we do have like, uh, you know, the events and also like the small programs that, that help people within the industry itself. No, I will say too, uh, the quality out there in the in Detroit is way different than you know out here. Um, 
just uh based on uh price wise and just the overall quality out here you you're, you're going to get something dry out there it's going to be something that's always good and moist you know what i mean <clears throat> i uh i agree to an extent yes why do you say to an extent um well, I moved to Michigan back in 2021, mm -hmm. and when I first moved here, there was a big boom happening in the recreational industry. Um, at least like 50 to 100 new brands were created between 2021 to now. And mm -hmm. so because we have so many different brands here in the state, there's such a wide variety of quality, I guess. You have some decently priced flour, which you could tell was grown in a good facility, but still may have been sprayed with something because the nugs are a bit hard. Right. And sometimes you find some really, really good bud and it's only like maybe $30 an eighth. And then you see some $60 eighths and you're like, oh, I'm assuming it's going to be good quality because it's so expensive <clears> and <throat> it's from an artisan grow and everything and you get it and it's dry. So it really depends on what company and how they grow it. Yeah, it's, I, it's a 50-50. Yeah, I will agree with you on that because um some of the stuff that Chino has brought back, he's um he's got it for a relatively good price, but it just depends on the actual grower. Like uh Chino, we were smoking that Blackberry Kush the other day. Oh, yeah, um it was pretty the, good the too. Play. play, yeah. It was pretty good and I know you got it for a decent price, but then I remember you got some other stuff for like 60 and it was it was all right, but it wasn't the best. You could tell like it was maybe grown outdoors, had a little bit, you know, stems on it. The color was just a little bit dark, you know. So I do agree with you on that. But I think it's uh depends on the uh the growers and the actual company. Yep. So so how how has it changed from like the the from the time that you moved to Michigan till now, like any comparison from back then till now, like any difference? Um, When I first came to the state, you could tell that it was definitely recreationally focused. And there was often a connection between like cannabis and club culture, cannabis and rap culture. Um, whereas <clears throat> nowadays you can tell that some companies are still maintaining that bond, but are also trying to go back into Michigan's roots with their first genetics, connecting more with Michigan-based growers, and also taking the time to educate people about the plant. Like it's no longer, it's not like, oh, check out our white runs and it's 28% THC. It's total fire, man. Whereas nowadays it's like, hey, Here's this lava cake. Here's the terpene profile. You're going to expect it to taste sweet and you're going to feel great and calm and sociable. See, and I, I like that part um, about the cannabis experience. I'm more about the terpenes. Like, I know, like, when I was younger, I used to be the exact opposite where I was like, no, just give me the most THC. I want something that's going to give me the most fried. You know what I mean? But I feel like as you mature through the community and like through, you know, mature through, you know, cannabis usage, usage. Um, I feel like it's going to be the opposite where now I'm, I'm uh, more focused on the terpenes. I want to, I want something that's going to give me a good high where I'm not too uh, tired. You know what I mean? Something that can keep me uplifted. Same. I like um, 
I prefer lemamine in a lot of my products. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeps me happy, keeps me giggly. I also like for it to have a little bit of myrcene, but not too much because you do want to be relaxed when you smoke, but you don't always want to be so relaxed that you just pass out. You know what I mean? Right, right. You're more of like an indica uh, like person? I mean, um, that's indica, sorry, like a hybrid? Yeah. He- I guess so. I have like different strains for different things that I want to do. Okay, I see. So like pretty much you kind of uh, smoke uh, depending <clears throat> like how you want your day to go by? Yeah, like I'll have one strain to give me energy in the morning. I have something else to motivate me to work out, something else to make me creative so I can make more content, uh, different stuff for different things. And uh, and like how you said, like that like you tend to, yeah, um, like schedule, like not schedule, but like have your certain type of strains for different certain type of times throughout your day. Like, I feel like it's still within the the industry community itself, sometimes for some certain consumers, I feel like they tend to not know exactly how to shop, and, and that would be I feel like like a good way to shop in a dispensary, uh, but from basic experience here in a dispensary here in, in Illinois, I feel like we don't get that much of a like educational side, like how you said, like, mm-hmm. like the butt tender would come to you and tell you about the terpenes profile. But yeah, like the, you will feel this and that here. It's more like you're on your own. You tend to go to the kiosk and that's pretty they much. They just give you, you an iPad. That's yeah. It's it like pick something out and then you just, you know, you, um, like like you said too, you don't you don't you don't get much help. They really just give you an iPad and they tell you to pick something out, and you don't know whether um it's you know you don't know what what you're getting. Yeeks, that sounds like a lot of the dispos that I first worked out when I was in Florida. Hey, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, even though. Florida is a medical state there there's the dispensaries that you can tell are truly for medical use that take the time to educate you about the strains the different consumption methods and try and help you stay on your doctor recommended plan and then they're the dispos like we're clearly a recreational company we're trying to sell you gas and sell you a lifestyle you just have to go with what we got. We're not really going to take the time to explain how things are. And I feel like even within like, you know, smokers who do smoke often and, you know, people who are starting to get into smoking cannabis or just consuming cannabis, I feel like in general, I feel like that should be like a major big thing because you're, you're going to, I feel like you're putting more like somebody in through like uh experience or just a pathway through something that they're not trying to get to you or or trying to experience in a way like i i don't understand how some i guess to some people you have to i guess come within some type of knowledge into this industry whether if it's like you trying to be working in the industry or even just you shopping within the industry you kind of have to be self-educated. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, which is, I feel like it's still, it's kind of not fair or because again, like, although, yeah, we have the internet and all, but sometimes I feel like it's still, you'll get the more better experience or the better understanding of somebody walking you through it. 
I mean, I feel like I feel like everybody would rather have that experience. It's just everybody doesn't have that type of market in their state to do that, you know. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm 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 not sure if uh, Nadia can uh, contest, but I'm pretty sure in Michigan they have more places where they're kind of more accommodating rather than over here. Yeah, I totally agree with both of y'all. And that's kind of the reason why I started my Instagram account. When I was in Florida, it took me a long time to learn certain things. Working in the dispensaries was very competitive. And after spending like three years learning what I could at different dispensaries and different positions in the industry, I was like, yo, I wish somebody was just out there telling me, hey, heads up, this is kind of how a dispensary is, or hey, you shouldn't be shopping like this, you're better off long-term shopping like this. So I just put out the content that I wish somebody had told me, like when I first got into the industry. Because people, either they want to gatekeep that and make you pay for that info, or they're very selective about giving that out because they see you as some sort of competition in the industry. And it shouldn't be like that. We should be able to freely give information about different things we learn because it's still very new. We're still learning about the plant. We're still learning about different cannabinoids. We're still learning about different consumption methods and stuff. It should be easier for our community to grow if we're willing to give information to each other. Now, um, on your Instagram, what would you say is the most like prevalent problem that people run into that you help them with? I'd say trying to get them to not see cannabis one way. Like mm. most people are introduced to cannabis in different ways and they stick to that one method because that's all they know. Mm. Like maybe you first learned about it by smoking weed at a party or right. maybe you heard about it because your uncle <laughs> had cancer and you were willing to try anything to try and help out with their pain. Okay. Okay. I can definitely see that. I feel like it would be beneficial if people could see multiple views on it rather than, like you said, just looking at it from one way. But right. I, feel like, I feel like that's the thing, though. I think, like, the people who understand the plan and all that is, like, that other point of view. That That's the other half, you feel me? Like, like the, like, it's just either, like how Nario was saying, you got either two ways, either what what you learn by, I guess, doing it for the first time or based mm -hmm. on, like, what family is, is, like, teaching you or just by what they're, what you've been taught as you were growing up, you feel me? Like, although I, I, was, I consume cannabis, yet I was growing up, I was taught, you know, cannabis is bad and X, Y, and Z. But, yeah, like, I decided to, you know, if I'm going to inhale this and put this in my body, like, why not just actually research and, and you know, no, try to try to know everything that you can about you know cannabis because at the end of the day it really is a, like a beneficial thing more than what it could ha really harm you and absolutely I think, yeah i think that's something that should be spread you know more often and so for <clears throat> and then for how long have you been doing having your your page for um i think i started it in 2021 so almost three years okay and within like doing all doing your page and all like any type of like 
collaboration with with other cannabis industry people have you done with or or it's just strictly just been working with yourself only um i have collaborated with a couple of creators over the years um not that many this year i'm trying to put myself out there more and meet more people and build more connections but just a handful so far okay for sure what would you say? Sorry, sorry to cut you no, off. No, you got you got my bad. What would you say is your niche in the community? Like, what if someone were to ask you, like, you know, what's 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 the one thing that you are fully knowledgeable knowledgeable about? You know, what would you say? Well, at first I was gonna say education, but um, I guess I would say finding the right strain for you or finding the right consumption method for you. Because I truly believe that everyone can benefit from cannabis if they can find the right strains and the right consumption methods for them. It's not that scary. Yeah, I think I think that's that's what plays into the problem is people don't know how to consume and that's where the bad the bad views come into play where they've had a bad experience or a bad trip and then they just view it as something negative. Right. <clears throat> I feel like mostly it would be like with the edibles. Oh, uh, we we were talking about that. Me and me and Nadia before the uh before the show. I've uh, I told her that I've never had like a like an experience where I've wanted to get the the amount of high that I wanted. You know, like I've always been way too high for my own good. Every time I've taken an edible. Loki. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's because I look for it to be honest. Like I'm trying to get super baked when with the edibles. You feel me? But I feel like it should be a different experience, especially like how far it's gone now. Like you should be able to, you know, get the own dosage that you want, not not be too messed up. You know what I mean? Be at be at the level that you want to be and give you the effects that you want, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I think you got like like these own butter, butter, magic butter machines and these. Was it evil? So yeah. at the end of the day, like you can end up cooking your own food if you like, confused or not. Yeah, N- Nadia was um telling me how to break down the uh, dosage too. If you want to re-explain that, Nadia. Yeah, so there's a lot of websites out there that'll help you figure out your dosage per tablespoon and per cup of THC. Um, all you have to do is just look at the amount of THC is in your flour. Let's say you buy an ounce from the Dispo and it's 18%. You put it in the calculator and you put in what type of oil you use or butter because different mediums are gonna retain different potencies. And you just calculate it online and it'll tell you. I usually use it for my coconut oil, my olive oil, and my butter. By any chance, do you know the link to the to that website? Oh yeah, I have like several. I'll send them to y'all. Oh yeah, for sure. If anything, we could like drop them right now, like as we speaking right now. But like at least one we'll, we'll drop, and that we'll, we'll drop the rest in the description, guys. Uh, but that's pretty cool. I actually didn't know that there was like a website like that. Uh, I actually do have a level. Was it Levo level machine? Um, the I haven't butter, really the little butter machine you had. Yeah, like yeah, the, with yeah. the oil and all. Like I haven't really used it in a while, um, but. I've probably like used it a couple times, but I feel like I've been using it wrong. But I should looking out try that. That calculator seems very useful, especially for like starters. Right. Let me try and pull it up. What's uh your favorite uh like type of food to infuse? 
Ooh, um, that's going to be a tie between wings and chocolates. And the calculator I like to use the most is Verahil. All right, but we can... Y'all heard it first, guys, Verahil. Yeah, we can lucky just send it as well. <clears throat> no, but yeah, wings sound fire. I've never tried no infused wings. That That sounds fire. How would you um, how how would you infuse the wings? Um, usually I'll get some infused butter, um, or I'll take some infused olive oil and I'll incorporate that with the barbecue sauce and the seasonings, or with the dry rub, and then I'll just rub it in the chicken, let it sit there between, I'd say four hours to overnight, and then cook them the next day. Dang, that sounds fire. I'm gonna have to do that next time I make some like um cannabis butter or something. Do you yep, think that... uh you think if I well I, I do have some vegetable oil too. Do you think that would be fine if I like, you know, covered it in there and then um seasoned it? Yeah, you could. I'd probably recommend if you're trying to do something like say some barbecue wings. Do about one to three tablespoons of vegetable oil to half a cup of barbecue sauce. Add your seasonings, let it rub in there, and sit there for mm. a couple of hours. See, I didn't even think about that, too. I might be able to do it in a buffalo sauce as well. Yep, I do it with jerk chicken all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds fire. good. Sounds pretty fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how, how, how often do like, you infuse your foods? I'd say on the daily at this point, I have different doses for different times of the day. Um, I'll have a slightly lower dose for work, like something between 40 to 60 milligrams around lunchtime. But if I'm chilling at home, like maybe 80 to 100 milligrams. Yeah. Have you done anything over 100 milligrams? Uh, Yeah, I'd say my highest dose was probably... How much is in a syringe of RSO? Eh, 800 to 900 milligrams. I'll do that like maybe once a month if I really want to get to sleep fast or if I feel like, okay, I just want to wake up tomorrow feeling refreshed. Oh my God. <laughs> That's that crazy. sounds like a good way to go to sleep, honestly. <laughs> Every time I've taken more than like 500 milligrams, I've always like try to go to sleep to not be high. I'm like, I don't want to be high anymore. And then just like, you know, try to fall asleep. It's, it's, um, it's definitely a trip. And we want once you take more than 500 milligrams, I would say. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's definitely a difference between like eating it and drinking it. Yeah. Cause, um, it, it gets absorbed differently, right? It does. It's just cause I think one goes to your blood cells, right? I believe because of the liquid or uh, one will, something like that. One will get um, ingested by your small intestine faster than if you were to eat it directly. If you eat it directly, it's going <clears> to <throat> be absorbed by your stomach quickly. Whereas if you drink it, your liver is going to process it. Your small intestine is going to process it a little bit slower. So like, for example, like for you, because for instance, like if you were to drink one, how, how 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 much of the effect do you feel it feel in one in one can or one bottle of a THC drink? Oh, um, 
if it's something bought at the dispo, it'll take me like two to three drinks. If it's something that I make at home, probably one to two shots. Because at the dispos, they only offer like seltzers or sparkling lemonade. Whereas at home with my magical butter machines, I can do infused liquor. And how is that process? Um, I just take some, depends on how I'm feeling. I could do like a regular liquor or a brandy and put it in my magical butter machine. But most of the time I use alcohol-free whiskeys, alcohol-free tequilas and vodkas. Okay. And you just put it in like your magic butter machine? Yeah, you just set it to the lowest temperature, do it between two to four hours, strain it, put it back in the bottle, and you have some infused alcohol. Oh wow. And, and how does fire. yeah, how does that taste? Does it, does it taste like more of like the liquor still or you you taste like that weed, like the weed? Um, if I'm doing something like eggnog or rum chata, I don't really taste the weed that much. It tastes more like a kind of like a hot chocolate drink. Whereas if I have it in a rum or a tequila, it burns. It it truly burns. Yeah, I would imagine I too. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that does sound fire though. Good way to turn up on a Friday. Absolutely. Any, and any I day. also <laughs> I notice I don't feel, uh, actually, I don't feel hungover at all, really, whenever I try and infuse liquor compared to just regularly having a couple shots of Bacardi or something. I, I'm sure because of, like, the THC and um, I, I figure, right? Like, I, I, it'll, like, over overtake. Yeah, I guess I feel the effects of the THC faster, and I also notice I don't have to drink as much. Like, say, taking three shots of rum and starting to feel it compared to just one shot of infused rum, and you are feeling it within 20 minutes. Okay. And, like, for, like, going back to, like, the dispensary ones, like, for an, like, everyday smoker, like, um, is it even worth trying it? I guess it depends on how you want to feel. Like if you're a daily smoker and you're like, I want a light pick me up. I don't want anything to make me feel too relaxed. Then you could benefit from having a seltzer. But if you're someone who's like, I want to drink this and kind of feel very relaxed, like an edible, I wouldn't really recommend it. Uh, yeah, I tend to, because uh, I ask every time I go just to see what's everybody's intake on it. Um, and it's it, I can I can kind of get the same answer and it's like, yeah, if you kind of do smoke every day or or are a heavy smoker, then you won't would feel a little bit, but not too much. Have you ever tried one from the dispensary like that, like a drink, Chino? No, I haven't. I I I'm all, I I just get iffy about it every time mm -hmm. I look at it. I'm like, is it really worth it? If like I'm not too sure, especially here in in Chicago with the prices we have here. Like I'm I don't think it's really worth it. And I've never seen anything over a hundred milligrams. Like the most Wait. I've seen is like fifty and a hundred. Wait, you guys get fifty and a hundred milligram drinks? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Man, the highest I've ever seen over here is like fifteen or twenty milligrams. I wish they had but... fifty and a hundred. Really? Well, I've seen. Well, I've seen like I don't know if you ever seen like the THC lean. Like th this is back when I was like younger too. They used to have that too. 
But this was like before dispensaries. You would like get that off the street. But I I I know they have some in dispensaries now today too. Let me see. Hold on. Those are hot in the dispos here, especially along Eight Mile and in Metro Detroit. But yeah. I'm just too scared to try it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, like it just put me straight to sleep when I tried it. Like that's really just more of a body high and just you know put you straight on you, you know put you straight to sleep. Uh, hold on, yeah, I'm trying to figure out real quick for for uh, yeah, hold on. Well, you trying to look up the THC lean? Yeah, uh, yeah, for like just an example, this bow here. <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, but even then, Nadia, like I've the ones that I've tried now in dispensaries, like the seltzers, they really don't even do anything. Yeah, just I feel like most people are better off just making their own edibles nowadays. You just need mm. to have the right bases, and you can basically make anything into an edible. No, yeah, definitely. I feel more people are just, you know, prone to doing doing sweets, you know what I mean? Because that's the, the classic thing to do. But people don't know that they could do drinks, you know, any other type of food that they want. I know you were talking about Caribbean food earlier. I would want to try to do maybe some... uh. Maybe some like Puerto Rican food too. That's what I've been wanting to try. Maybe like uh, infuse the rice somehow. That'd be fire. Yeah, right. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to go about it. That's the thing. Oh, that's super easy. I do it all the time. So it depends on if you want to use THC powder versus using oil. If you have THC powder, you know, when you're getting ready to boil the rice and you add your uh, saffron and all your seasonings and stuff mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. throw it in then put it on low and let it cook for 25 minutes uh that's one way to do it. it another way you can do it is if you're trying to fry the rice or add some meats and stuff to it use mm. some infused oil and do like a one-to-one -one ratio of that and regular oil mm -hmm. see that that the second the second uh method is what i would you know what i would try as well but uh the the THC powder. What do you mean by that? Is it like just the the the, the white crystals that I see online and stuff, like the stuff that they would use to infuse, like uh, what we call it? I'm think I'm trying to think of the word. Hold on, but I just wanted to show you guys real quick, like a dispensary out here in uh, like in the suburbs nearby the crib. Um, so like yeah, how Jordan was saying, like uh, tonic one right here for. 20 bucks but like after taxes it's like roughly like around like almost 50 you can say yeah i've seen those before yeah but i feel like the cbd is gonna uh like balance it out but yeah because it's like, a one-on-one -on -one ratio yeah like i'd rather just have the thc uh another thc uh like this one i don't know that five and one looks these uh doesn't even have a picture down Nah, but look at that. <laughs> that that looks shiesty. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's crazy. Um, but what you were saying, Jordan, my bad. I just wanted to no, like, no, you're show okay. you real quick. No, um, I was just asking about the powder because, like, online I've seen like this white type of powder, like the wa the water soluble powder. I'm mm -hmm. not sure if that's what that that you which what uh, Nadia was talking about. 
Uh, yeah, um, there are two types of powder. There's the concentrate powder, which is mm -hmm. usually made from THCA crystals, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about the dissolvable powder made from tapioca starch and stuff. Okay, and that, that has more of like a green color to it, correct? Um, in my experience, the homemade version is, but the store-bought is usually like a pure white, like a, almost like a light flower. Okay. What did you say that was again? I'm gonna write that down. Uh, THC dissolvable powder. All right. I like to use Ripple. Right. So, like, since, yeah, no, uh, you, you were saying that your family is like from the is from the Caribbean. Um, so how how do they feel about the cannabis and you being in the industry? <laughs> okay, so. My parents, my parents are, <laughs> my parents are straight from Trinidad. They are old school. I'm talking. You wear red lipstick and wear shorts that are to your knees. You're a whore type old school. Oh wow! So when they when they <laughs> heard that I no longer wanted to become a therapist and that I wanted to enter cannabis, mm -hmm. yeah, they they were enraged. What what made you transition from being a therapist to cannabis? Um, I felt like, okay, so I graduated and I was getting ready to do my um, master's program and I was reading over the guide and reading over like all the classes I had to take for like pharmaceutical recommendations and helping people get onto a plan and stay on a plan. And I kind of felt uncomfortable because I knew a lot of the medications that the schools recommended and stuff had a lot of negative side effects. And I was like, I don't want to contribute to an issue where people are trying to seek help and instead they're put in a haze and they're not really helped. They just develop more and more problems and have to take more and more pills. So when I decided to use cannabis more in my life, and it helped me become healthier, more open-minded. Uh, I really wanted to do that for other people. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to be someone who recommends medications to people. I want to recommend alternative holistic routes and help them find solutions for themselves. I totally respect that. Um, especially with like how you were saying with the medications, like, yeah, they, like, doctors say that, yeah, these medications do help, but at the end of the day, like, depending on, on, on what the uses is and the dosage and what it, it really leads to, because at the end of the day, like, some of these pills are really just, like, drugs, like, especially with opioids, like, at the end of the day, you get more addicted than, you know, if you were to just take cannabis, and they both could be help helpful for like the same type of pain. Exactly. Uh, but, but especially like um, I I've been like deep into like the pharma in, uh, industry, like just based on some type of like docu series I seen and just a little research I've done on my own. But like it it's pretty messed up though. Like what 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 these people ha have done and and were able to like just kind of get away with it for so long. Right. Like. Like, we could honestly solve a lot of our issues nowadays with a lot of conditions, 
if people were allowed to explore alternative routes, but we're constantly taught that you should trust your doctor and trust the medications and whatever pill they give you is going to be good for you. And we need to get out of that mindset. For sure. Totally. But at the end of the day, like, I think I've, like I've told Jordan before many times <laughs> and it's like, I think it's, it's a, just a bigger prob situation. It would be if, if cannabis really would, be legal federally just because of again everyone would mostly go towards it like it'll affect the pharmaceutical industry for sure and then based on like you know if if you know you know like what these big corporations you know really do run the the this whole country and you know with this whole like pharmaceutical industry as well yeah, and I know like in previous episodes we've talked about we've talked about this before. Um and I've given my opinion too like the whole pharmaceutical world too. I feel like people don't realize it's more of a business than anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> I might be a little bit biased in my viewpoint, but like especially how Nadia was saying earlier um how the you know whatever they're prescribing or whatever they're giving now is going to keep people in a haze, they're going to keep people coming back, you know what I mean? Because more than anything they want to keep you on the chain of, you know, keep getting more and more and more pharmaceutical drugs, you know, this, I feel like their goal is not to make people better. Their goal is just to keep you coming back, you know? Yeah. I mean, why would you stop a return customer? Yeah. Especially. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like most people don't realize that. And I've, I've, uh, I've pushed this point multiple, multiple times. I feel like, you know, people don't realize that it's more of a business than anything, you know? And every prescription is like every every sell to them. So it's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. why not write it off? Come on. Yeah. Get you addicted to fucking opioids and shit. It's crazy, man. Yep. But I don't know. We we tend to believe what, what people tell us. And that's kind of like not the move. Um, but like speaking like on like these type of like on type of this type of topic, like have you seen that movie uh Leave Leave the World Behind? It's on Netflix. No, I haven't heard of it actually. No, oh okay. <laughs> uh, I I say you guys should watch it. If you guys haven't. Uh, it's I've, called... I've seen previews. Yeah, it's, it's called. Uh... Uh, say say yeah, it, Jordan. No, no, oh. no, I was. I, I've seen. I've seen a little bit of it. I know like the, the overall like idea of it that there's like no phones or whatever or something like that or. Well, I, was it's, it? Yeah, it's just it seems very just real realistic on the way that if the world would to, were to end. So it's like kind of like a, a world ending movie, mm. but like just the way it, it, it they make it seem like it's very like psychological, you can say. Mm. And mm. the crazy thing about it is like the former president, Barack Obama, like I think wrote part of it or or directed or like I know it was he was involved in this movie, though, which was very it's, it's, it's interesting. OK, I'll have to give it a watch. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's an interesting movie. Uh, to give it a try, uh, the and I feel like it's not a lot of people are really talking about it, but it's just like I feel like it's like a what if situation. Because then again, like I'm not too sure if you guys like seen on social media or not, but like you got like two people, two very famous people. You got one was is Mark Zuckerberg, and the other recent person I seen was Rick Ross that are making like, um like doom days um what are those called like the ones that are, they can go underground 
Um, oh, bunkers? Bunkers, bunkers yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. they're making, like, bunkers and shit. Like, like what the fuck? They must know something that we don't, you know? That's crazy, though. Know. It's crazy, because it's, like, right now, like, hmm, you know? Like, a lot of shit's going on in the world, too. Yep. And then, yeah. what, what about, what's your intake on all that, Nadia? Like, like are, are you, like, into, like, all this, like, are, like, like, even, like, these events going on and stuff like I I am aware of a lot of events going on I just I guess I'm seeing how a lot of people are coming to COVID Wait, I'm sorry you kind of cut off collectively tracked like we have opportunities to come together to help one another and to help out there are so many people who are like no i want to do the best thing for me or no what i say is right and i will not consider any other evidence it and it made me realize that oh we're not we have the opportunity to really help each other out, and yet a lot of people just simply choose not to. I I feel that Why? goes back. I feel like that goes back to to human nature, though. Like I feel like as long as there's like multiple politicians in power, and, and like I just feel like it's never going to be able to be something that's productive. But I don't know. That's just that's just my viewpoint on things. I don't know. I'm sorry, but I think you're you're still kind of cutting off. I I'm not sure. Places had a sense of community more so, whereas now people are kind of just fending more for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, how do you see that though? Like, like, well, before you answer that, like, what, how, how, what were you most, what were you, what were you, what were, you, what were you, I'm trying to raise my question. <laughs> sorry. Um, so you were studying to be a like therapist of psychology. So like, what type of like were you in, in a specific type of field in psychology, or like you were trying to work in the field or what type of career would did you um, want out of the out of the degree yes well at first i was somebody who was really involved in research especially like uh experience and stuff like that but then closer degree i was interested in being a therapist oh, oh what again i'm sorry sex therapist for queer couples but then i wanted to focus more on mental health like personal uh illnesses and stuff such as helping people with depression helping people manage their anxiety and stuff mm-hmm. and when i heard about all the pills that were involved in that i was like you know what let me take a step back what, what is it? It got too much for you at, at a certain point. 
see much more school a bit compared to truly helping people it really made me want to take a step back okay and and like well okay so you i think you just opened like another whole conversation but like i think just to just finish it off for what, what we were just talking back uh earlier is like so so based on like how, what you were saying like just everybody just ended up thinking about themselves nowadays like what do you think how do you think on that like what's your view on 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 the world now that's how it is like do you think it's gonna get better or it has to like you know how they say like it gets worse before it gets better type type of stuff or current period of it being much worse before it gets better um but i do see potentially in future with our generation the younger generation seems to be less tolerant to taking bullshit and more likely to take action about things that they care about a lot more i, I feel like the generation around uh, i'm sorry again but what you said gen the new generation what again i'm not sure if, if you're cutting off it, it seems like you're cutting off a lot on your end i'm sorry nadia that's okay um i said i really think next generation is going to help turn things around because they're less likely to tolerate injustices and more likely to take action with things that they care about okay it's like i guess i see it's because i i worked i used to work at like in a professional base uh and i'm just talking to just very different type of like ages groups of people but like going we had a conversation is like nowadays <clears throat> these new generation is like i guess they're a little more sensitive but you think that's why i guess to other people they're considered a little more sensitive because they do something about it instead of just, I guess, holding back. I think and figure out how to help ourselves navigate through certain situations or maybe keep your head down with certain stuff because it's better to keep quiet and to keep your place than to ruffle other people's feathers. The newer generation is more like, no, this is wrong. I'm going to say it's wrong, and I'm right. No, I totally agree with that too. I feel like that's that's the overall norm nowadays, and I feel like that's where, um, you know, the older generation is kind of, you know, more reluctant to, you know, just go back to their old ways, where you know. Like you said, they're 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 not gonna put up with any bullshit. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I totally agree on that. But like, I feel like another thing that's a lot of that's affecting against I think kids nowadays is it's a lot of like the social media. Mm -hmm. like, like although social media took over a lot, like, you know, in everybody's life, but like I feel like it's just been affecting a lot of kids lately. You thinking that's what caused for people to be less tolerant about stuff, you know? 
that but i feel like at the same time like i think it just messes with a kid's mind like like the like the access of a kid to the internet is so big like like it's just very big like little do they know what they could get themselves like into by just looking up something you know and mm-hmm. then the next thing you know they click some other shit and, and it just goes like a cycle and next thing you know you know they just end up, you know, seeing shit they're not probably supposed to see or just the wrong type of information. It's uh, it's definitely a double-edged sword. It does, social media does help people understand more situations and recognize more injustices because it's right there in your face. You can just pull out your phone and record things and people can really see things from your perspective. But also, I I agree, it is harming the kids more. Like, hear me saying back in my day, like I'm old as hell. But back in my day, <laughs> like you had the time and the ability to be a kid. You had the ability to just be a preteen and have those experiences. Whereas nowadays, because phones are just shoved into kids' faces, there's I I just see more of a pipeline of kids trying to act like adults immediately instead of just enjoying themselves enjoying age-appropriate activities it's like they're rushing to grow up because they see everybody else growing up and doing things online with that being said i feel like that creates a trend of um like emotionally unstable adults nowadays just because like you said too they do want to grow up fast enough like fast faster than like the older generations um and i just think that's sometimes you know it could create a trend of like people who are you know view themselves as adults but are emotionally you know still kids you know cool it's a nail on the head (laughs) because there are so many people like that nowadays yeah (laughs) and once once you experience like people like that you know what i mean it kind of kind of opens up your your viewpoint on you know people and that you know the information age and just how it affects everybody right no uh, i i just i feel like it's just more of the guidance nowadays for for these kids because like besides even like social media like you got out here you know kids killing kids you know like like kids doing like shit that they shouldn't be doing you know like Again, like how how Nadia said, like back in my days. Again, I think it's it's all within our days between us three. <laughs> but it's like I remember going to school, you know, and just being with my friends and shit. I felt like the last, like we're the last generation that was like able to climb trees and you know just actually be outside. And you know, I remember like not being able to go inside. You know, had to fucking drink from the hose. You know, just because I don't want to go back inside on a summer day or. Like, I, you know what I mean? I just feel like we're the last generation that would be able to have those memories. Shit, I didn't even want to go back inside, bro. Because yeah, I, exactly. I, I would know my parents <laughs> yeah. would make me stay inside once I go, once I would come inside. But shit. Uh-huh. And no, even, even with, it gets to do with even like more violence now, too. Like, yeah, true. Like, but shit, I remember different. like we would have to go to the alley to get, and it'll be like a school fight and shit, you know? Like, mm-hmm. get all circled up and shit. Like, if you got to get your ass beat, get your ass beat. But <laughs> now yeah. it's like, you bring a knife to a gunfight. You don't know what the fuck the other yeah. you know, the other kid is gonna be having, or 
now at the same time too, it's like little, you know, it's just the fourteen year olds, fifteen year olds, sixteen year olds that be. Yeah, and that, it's you know? yeah, and it's sad, man. Like, like I feel like at that point is like shit. Like, is there really no future? But at the same time, like it, I feel like it's between us and and even I think these kids themselves to to figure it out. You know, like there's so much thing that everyone could do, but the rest is like it depends on on your own self. Uh, but I feel like it's on the the adults too because they're the ones who are handing them, you know, the phone or the the iPad and stuff. Like, I don't know. I feel like if if I were to have children in the future, like I would try to keep devices away from them to at least like eleven, twelve, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, not let them have their own device till maybe that around that age, you know, maybe ten. I don't know. I don't know, but you, do you guys really think it's all? It's it's also the the like let's say the parents' fault in the in the situations. I feel like it's both. What about you, Nadia? Mm-hmm. I'd say it's also a combination of societal norms as well as the parents because like nowadays people have to work two jobs to maintain a home so they're barely at home and barely have the time to like you know really bond with your kid sit there and read them books for a few hours and do stuff like that sometimes it's just easier for the parent to just hand them a phone and let them entertain themselves because they only have a couple hours a day to relax before they have to continue working and it sucks because we should be able to work one job and just support the whole family. But these kids are being handed the phones and they just do whatever and see whatever. And it's it's just considered normal, too. Whereas back in our days, it's like, all righty, give them a Barbie doll. Give them, you know, those little cardboard books or something. I'd no, say a combination of both. Yeah, even today too, like kids kids today, I feel like they can't play with regular toys. But go ahead, Gino, my bad. No, shit. I I, should, I, just, I, I miss being a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I totally miss being a kid, man. <laughs> Paying these bills and all, bro. These ain't, it ain't no more. Uh, <laughs> I feel but uh no nah, but I, I think everybody should like especially these kids growing up, man. They should really enjoy the like the moments they have cuz like like how they always said, like in these cheesy ass posts, I see like you never know when it was the last day you're gonna you were playing with your boys, you know, like in the uh, playgrounds and shit. Like, fuck, the time really flies, man. Um, but it, it's but now I actually have like a other questions. We're going in a different direction because like you just mentioned, like you were think you were aiming to be like a sex therapist. Is that correct? <laughs> I was for queer oh. couples. And how was that? That's interesting. Why did you want to specifically do queer couples? Because I lived in Florida and Florida is a very, very conservative state. And I wanted to provide a safe space for queer people, especially for couples, because couples therapy, a lot of couples therapy was like Christian based therapy Mm -hmm. and not everybody is a Christian and not everybody is straight. So I wanted to provide a safe space for those people. 
and for how long you were doing uh, doing this like this type of like like that type of practice um i was only in the program for like two months honestly before i dropped out <laughs> and like what what made you th- dropped out though like um i was interested in focusing on being just like a regular therapist for people who wanted to like try and alleviate their anxiety and depression and stuff um and then i read about all the pharmaceuticals and then i just left therapy completely so like before you like kind of left the farm like every like the medical and pharmaceutical side like what what ages were you like mostly focused on for like like therapists like for like the depression and stuff like that um I was going to be focused on teens and young adults, generally those between the ages of 13 to 25. Okay. And like, did you ever get to like do that practice or? Oh no, I didn't even get through the first semester. (laughs) After (laughs) After I read everything and I started researching the classes and researching the role more and more i was like oh no nah, i don't want to be involved in this oh okay <laughs> damn so actually like studying everything may just made you not want to do it then huh yeah pretty much and at the time i was researching a lot about the medical benefits of cannabis because the florida industry was so new at the time we didn't even have smokable flour so you had to go into like different cannabis studies to learn about the different cannabinoids and their benefits. You really had to find a whole bunch of different books and learn about strains and stuff. Leafly wasn't anywhere near as good as it is nowadays. Is it because so it's, the more... it's based there, like in from Florida or? <clears throat> um, I'd say it didn't have as much consumer data as it did before COVID, but during COVID when a lot of people were staying at home, having their uh, plants delivered to them and stuff and just smoking at home. More people got into journaling, more people got into recording their overall consumption and Leafly received more data from more people talking about it. So now we have a wonderful set of data and you have tens of thousands of strains to find on Leafly. Whereas back in 2019, it was like, maybe you could find a thousand to 2000. Like your basic strains, I'm I'm guessing and all. <laughs> yeah, the OGs like mm-hmm. uh, you know, OG Kush, Jack Herrera, Sour Diesel and stuff. Whereas nowadays, it's like, oh, here's White Widow and the entire White Widow family. Here's Gorilla Glue and like the next six generations and all their chirping profiles. I think number four is always fire. I don't know. I think that's just me. But I think number four is fire. <laughs> Which one? Gorilla Glue number four. Gorilla Glue number four. Uh, she mentioned White Widow. I, I said I, I would say that White Widow is one of the best strains I've tried, but this was like back back in the day when like it first came out. Not not now. It's not the same. Yeah, it it really depends on the grower you get it from too, because you'll have a lot of people who claim that they're growing a strain, but it's really something else or it's a cross of something else, you know. And like Florida, like is it still like how it was, or like has it improved, like the community, even with if it's just medical? It's it's improved and gone down. Um, it improved with the quality of product, 
with the variety of product and brands. Um, prices have gone down since I left. Uh, there is more of a focus on terpene education and cannabinoid education than before, but it's also gotten worse in the sense that, um, well, there is no nice way to put it. Like people are generally rude to the bud tenders. And but what is that? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like people act as if the bud tenders grew the plant themselves and that they're personally responsible for their order. Mm -hmm. When it's some dispos, you have one person handling the product and somebody else who's doing the sale. Uh, sometimes you'll see something and you think it's in stock, but then it's a computer issue. Sometimes your card reader goes down and you can't sell anything to anyone. And people think that it's you as a bud tender trying to ruin their day. And it's like, my guy, I just work here. <laughs> right. Like I'm just here from nine to five, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro. Do you have any crazy story, Nadia, of like one of the craziest customers that, that you've had? <laughs> Oh my god. I have so many stories like as a butt tender, uh, as a medical us. marijuana receptionist. Oh my god. Sounds like it's going to be interesting. I know. It looks like okay. we got another hour. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So I was working at this dispo at the beach. And we had this old man that would come in and he would come in like maybe every other day. And one day he said, oh, I can't wait to take my trip over to, where was he going? Like Pensacola or some shit. And I can't wait to just travel with all my butt and stuff. And I'm like, okay, um, I know your favorite strain is blueberry muffin. We're going to get a restock of it on this date. Do you want me to call you when we get it? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. So it's the day of. I call him. And at my dispo, you could call the people ahead of time and reserve it on their rec. So they definitely have it by the time they come. That's so dope. I call him. And he's like, oh, I'll be there in about three hours or so. And I said, do you want me to save any of it for you? I can just put it on your rec and you can just come and pick it up. And he's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my time. I want to see what else is in store. And I'm like, well, you could still save this and then just add things to your order as you're in store. Are you sure you don't want to save it? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. So at my dispo, the way how they sold uh, weed was kind of like shoe drops in a sense. So when they had a strain that came out, it was a limited amount and it generally sold out in like two hours or less. So we sold out in 47 minutes. The guy came four hours later and he's like, oh, do you have my flower ready for me? And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, sir, but we're sold out. And he just had this like thousand yard stare. <laughs> like he was remembering the Vietnam War, some shit. Mm -hmm. And then he started shaking and turning red. And I sincerely thought he was possessed by a demon or something. And I'm like, sir, are you okay? And here. then he just starts spazzing the fuck out like i swear to god i see him foaming at the mouth and he starts yelling and screaming like i told you i needed this flower i told you i need this this is the only thing that helps with my back pain da, da, da. and at one point he gets so mad that he takes the slushy that he has in his hand and he throws it at my head at the dispo no damn he was... missed though oh okay he, that was so he no nah, it just it just hit the wall 
I would have been irate if it hit me, but like he left after a while. And that wasn't even the craziest part. The craziest part is that my manager was like, huh, so you have another customer coming in about three minutes. There's some paper towels in the bathroom over there. And I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> He's probably, your manager's like, move along, sir. <laughs> I was like, you just, crazy. you want me to have a straight face after that? Bro. Like, how are you going to act like nothing happened after that shit? Like, come on, man. Right. At least at least a little 15-minute break. So. Right. <laughs> let, 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 at least let you hit the pen or something. Let me, right. Like, right. Eat a little <laughs> edible or something. Hit the pen, Jimmy. Funny as hell. All right. Go take a five-minute smoke break. <laughs> yeah. No. That, was, that was the second craziest thing at the dispo. I think the craziest thing was when we had a guy who ran through the lobby who was high on PCP and he was doing some crazy shit. And eventually he ran out and then ran across the street. He almost got hit by a couple cars, but yeah, he just came in and left. That was the most Florida ass shit I've ever seen. It's just, imagine you're sitting in a waiting room. It reminds you of a doctor's office. There's some like music playing. And then you have this guy with long <laughs> hair that runs in topless. His eyes are white as hell. And he's just speaking straight gibberish. And then he tries to crawl on the wall like he's a fucking cockroach running up and down the stairs, running all throughout your office, stares at you, and then leaves. It's like, <laughs> okay. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I am in Florida. That's crazy. Have Were you there at that time when, remember, I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys remember, do you guys remember when I forgot what the dude was, buddy was like off some shit and he ate the homeless guy's face. Remember that back in like what? Oh, was 20... it Flocka? What do you mean? When because I seen some videos like back then and shit too. It was like some drug called Flocka that motherfuckers were like. I'm not sure what what was it, but it was a dude that that um, it was on some shit and he like literally went and like started eating like the face of like some some homeless guy. This this happened I think in Miami I believe. Yeah, remember? This sounds like something I heard on the Unnoticed podcast. Yeah, yeah, for real. Don't don't remember. Watch. Yeah, y'all gonna be like, oh, oh you gonna bring it up? He's yeah, I'm gonna bring I... it up right now. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up, bro. I wish we had a Jamie here, man. But uh, watch. Nah, no, yeah. but um, back to what you were saying, Nadia. So back to the story. So there's no like screening process to get in there, cause like. Over here, like, you have to scan your ID, go through a door, and then, like, you have to, you know, the security guard has to wand you down, and then you show your ID again. You know what I mean? How did he just get in there and start just, like, crawling on the walls? You could just walk into the building. Like, really? it was a giant glass building. All you had to do was open the door. You could honestly just walk past reception, just walk, walk through one door walk into the next door that's like 10 feet away and walk into the dispo. We did not have any security guards. Now up here in Michigan, they have you go into a mini room that doesn't have anything in it. They mm -hmm. have a security guard who wants you down. You have to show the ID and stuff. And then you're let into the waiting room and both rooms have locked doors. So it's not like somebody can just walk in. Right. That sounds crazy in Florida just to have it like that. That's, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. I believe I, I'm like, 
I found it, I believe. Oh, let me see it. I, I got you. I got you. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just. It was Buddy doing bath salts. There you go. Oh. Ugh, another bath salts guy. What is it? That's crazy. I never even heard of that. What do they do? Nah, just like... Hold on. I'll show you the, the new kiss. All right, hold on. I got you already. Um, but I'm again very surprised that you guys haven't like, like seen it. Hey, noise! You guys hear it? Nope. You guys can't hear it. Nope. Put on the should put on the captions. Um, that little CC right there. CC the bottom. Yep. Oh, some some, oh some some, you know what I mean? Um, damn, that sucks. You guys cannot hear. I thought you guys could hear this shit. Um, give me one second. Maybe it's because you got the headphones on, but nah, I don't think so. Um, on. look, there's a man right there, Barack, right there. <laughs> How about now? Uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Okay. Fuck. Well, anyways, uh, let me see if I can find an article. Uh... <clears throat> Back in 2012? Yeah, okay. Uh... Yes, I see. <gasps> the attack in Miami on Saturday during which a man was biting off parts of another man's face. Uh, well, zombie bro. Video, there you go. Yes, when everyone was that we we thinking the zombie apocalypse where it started to happen and shit. There you go. Zombie bro. Damn. There you go. Where everybody guy. kept where everybody kept seeing the, this video and stuff. That poor guy, bro. It was a homeless guy just I think sleeping and shit, and then he comes buddy tripping and shit, just eating. I think his ass was naked too, to be honest. Bro, imagine. Oh my god. That's fucked up. Fucking sleeping, you wake up to that shit. Nah, shit, that's fucked up though. Imagine that like, you just sleeping, shit, and you start feeling like your fucking bone cheeks and shirt. Oh, flesh coming out. Oh, oh, oh. imagine all that pain. Yeah. God, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> just do plants. Right. Just Natural. Weed. <laughs> yeah. Weed Weed shrooms. For life. <laughs> you do you do shrooms, Nadia? I, I know, do. I know over there in Michigan. I know in Michigan, it, it, there's some is it some parts in Michigan that that's uh, legal over there? Yeah, at certain cities like Hazel Park, Detroit, Ferndale. I want to say Warren, but the main three cities are Hazel Park and Detroit and stuff. Do you guys have those like shroom uh, chocolate bars out there or no? Oh, uh, yeah, we have the chocolate bars. We have these like little gums. There's people who buy it dried, and there's a lot of places that sell the grow kits and they give you the spores. Yeah, I heard, um, I heard growing shrooms is way easier than bud, like, it only takes like a couple months. Yeah, based on what I've seen, and there's so many different mediums you can use to grow it. Would you trust like those those? I'm not sure. Like over there in in uh, Michigan, like you you think if you go to like a smoke smoke shop, uh, like 
the, the, you see like they be having those like mushrooms like brand and stuff like would you trust those or not if i was able to like take a picture of the brand do some extensive research see their lab results and their sourcing and stuff mm-hmm. that'll tell me whether to determine the brand or not same as weed no, I was actually, I was actually sorry, but I was, I was actually gonna ask you that too. Like, do, you, do you guys trust the weed that that's in the smoke shops? <laughs> that's, that's what I was gonna say. If nope. it has a, if it has a QR code, maybe, but it just depends. You got to try it first. You know what I mean? So like, it's, like Nadia said earlier, it's trial and error. You know. I'm not yeah, too I... sure, man. Those are iffy, especially when they say it's Delta Eight, and I'm like, I don't know, uh-huh. man. Um, yeah, no, 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 for me for Delta Eight. Mm-hmm. What what's and your just... intake on Delta Eight, guys? This is for both of you guys. It's ahead, uh, it's the modern day spice, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delta Eight is a man-made cannabinoid. It's not a naturally occurring cannabinoid. Um. I if I'm looking at an alternate for Delta 9, I'm not going to look for something that's made in the lab that may or may not give me like paranoia and stuff like that. That and a lot of products out there, it's it's fake, honestly. There's a lot of companies that claim to sell Delta 8 products, but they don't. They sell like CBD or CBD and THC one-to-one. There are some places that don't provide lab reports. There are some places that provide fake lab reports. And seeing how there's very, very little research in Delta 8 itself, it makes me weary about trying any Delta 8 products, especially when they claim to help with certain things when it's just a fact that we don't know much about it. See, I didn't know that uh, Delta 8 was, wasn't a natural, like, um, a natural thing. When I first tried it too, I will say it did give me like headaches and stuff like that too. And I really just didn't enjoy the high off it. It just felt like something that, you know, you shouldn't ingest into your body. Yeah, that's very that's very interesting though. That like how you were saying that it's like half made. Like again, I didn't know that either. Interesting, but it's very interesting that you're saying all this because like over here in like Chicago we have like this little like i guess you can say i guess like food joint whatever i don't know but there's a lot of many locations it's called wake and oh, bakery yeah i know what you're talking about and they they all do is like serve like coffees and stuff and like baked goods but it's all delta eight so now it's like mm, interesting like do do they even know what delta eight is now <laughs> or like you know like they they do a good job of ed- of educating you. Like when I went, you know what I mean. They do a good a, a good job of educating you, but I don't know. I just I wouldn't trust it. I've tried it once. It's 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 all right. It, it, yeah, like it's been a fat minute since I've been there. But like after talking to like other people, um, they it's just very. I get I get a mixed feeling on the Wigan Bakery for like stoners though. No, and one thing I did want to say too is like even um some dispensaries out here and I've experienced in like uh Colorado too, they'll sell Delta Eight and try to like pass it off as like you know Delta Nine, like they'll have it on for their specials you know for the week and 
you know, if somebody asks for it, they'd be like, oh, it's the same thing as Delta 9, it's just a different uh, cannabinoid or something like that, you know? Yeah, and it's simply not the case. It's not the case. And I feel sorry for people who buy, like, Delta 8 flower, for example, because Delta 8 flower is simply not a thing. Like, you can't grow it. You can either grow hemp-derived flower or marijuana-derived flower. All Delta 8 flower is is just CBD flower with distillate sprayed on top of it. Damn, that is like you could be easily laced and shit then. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's like sad. that uh, <laughs> Crippy they have. What, what, what is that? You ever heard of Crippy Kush? Mm-mm. No. Okay, so Crippy Kush is um, it's basically just laced weed. Um, you can find it a lot in like the South, you can find it in South America, you can find it in the Caribbean, but it's weed that's laced with cocaine or laced with fentanyl and stuff. So, um, yeah, something to be cautious of as well. If somebody says, oh, do you want to hit this crippy? It's no, it's not some OG Kush. It's not some new strain. That shit is laced. I'm sorry, but wait, uh, question. I um, I should ask before we even started, but do you speak Spanish by any chance or no? I used to, but not anymore. No, oh, okay, okay. Just just because of how you said it, I was like, wait, isn't that like a song? And like, <laughs> in, in like, uh, like, isn't that like a Bad Bunny song? Like, but I don't think so. <laughs> Is it? I'm not. That's why I'm looking at it right now. It's in a few different <laughs> songs. Yes, right. I'm not tripping. I was like, I heard of Creepy Kush before. I'm like, well, where? <laughs> But yes, there you go. Now I know. Yes, it's cause it's, it's like that. But uh, no, nah, that sounds worse than like K two or something like that. That sounds oh, way worse. Remember Jordan? That's the the story. Remember um, uh, uh, when Buddy bought it off an Am- off from Amazon. Remember, remember Ooh, when huh? it was in the dorms. Remember oh, with dude, Tony? No, nah. no, nah, he was selling some CBD Kush. He was selling. Uh, some CBD, oh, okay, it wasn't. But... It wasn't no. K2. That's that would that would have been crazy if they're selling that shit off Amazon. <laughs> but that was crazy though. I've never I've never even seen like K2. I've just heard about it. Like that, like that's just the synthetic weed. Oh yes, guys. It is a song. I don't know you guys can see. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Uh, can What's the name of the it? song? You know what? Hold on, yeah. Oh, you gonna pull it up? You gonna play it for us? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I got. I got. I can't. I, can, I gotta figure out. I gotta figure out how how I could share and and share the audio with you guys. Technical difficulties. But there you go, guys. See, creepy Kush, y'all. Oh, Farouk's on it. Yeah, there okay. you go, yeah. So y'all, y'all wanna wanna listen to that? This is a 2017 type shit. But yeah. I was in I was in my high school days still back in them days. <laughs> he said fumando como uh Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no, but yeah, so I kinda uh agree though with if you guys are trying a little cloaky cut off on like the THC levels or just you know find something you know, other than CBD, I most definitely go to alternative can- cannabinoids. Like, 
um i was telling jordan a little bit briefly but uh, like recently i was actually talking to lid labs i'm not sure if you are familiar with them over there since in detroit um no i haven't heard of that company oh uh yeah so it's us lit labs and they're also i guess the the other brand is called made by a farmer um so they're michigan uh cannabis uh cannabis company based in michigan and and heart and harbor is that how you say it pronounce it and oh ann arbor and arbor there you go yeah uh, so they're located there um and they were just talk, talking to me about it, and, and they actually gave me some, like, freebies to try out. But they're, like, there were gummies of different ca- cannabinoids. Like, it was, like, CBN, uh, THCV, like, CBDV, and stuff like that. Which, like, while talking to them, I was learning because, like, I, I never heard of, of all these different cannabinoids. And, like, little did, we, did I know, like, there's a lot of beneficial to these cannabinoids that could, you know, I feel like... The more that we, you know, discuss on on these different types of cannabinoids, the more like it could help us on how we shop as well. Because at the end, I feel like it's either THC or CB or CBD. How do those gummies affect you, though? Um. So here's the thing. Um. So I did a review. It's already in our YouTube channel. Um. For everybody who who have a chance, yeah, I want to pop that out and see it but the taste i didn't like the taste to be honest uh <laughs> it really tastes more like the weed taste than whatever the flavor was mm-hmm. but uh but just on the research that i guess that like that there is out there and stuff like one cool thing is like for the cb cb cbn gummies uh for cbn it's only like 25 percent effective as thc so like for one like to take I guess like as much I guess like, I don't know how I think there were like six gummies in a pack so I think if you were to take all six probably would feel something. But I think like for just somebody who isn't like doesn't have a high tolerance I think with one they would feel something though. But did it give you the same effects as weed or was it like nah, something different? It was. I think at one point because I took a dab after eating the edibles. Um, I think at one point I just like felt very relaxed from like my mind and my body. Like it just felt very relaxed at one point. Because I've taken like I've told you before, I've taken the CBD gummies to like help me like go to sleep or something or like after a workout. That's really the only thing I've taken like close like similar to that. But another thing uh, for with most of these different cannabinoids is that they kind of don't make you get hungry. So it's like an anti hunger shit mm. so that's another cool thing about these is like it, it's not gonna get make you get the munchies like if you were to like consume something that has thc in it so yep. like, so again it's like different benefits to, to these type of gum, uh cannabinoids again we should i think it, it'd be nice for i think just in general the industry to just be more aware of, of these because again like it, it could help a lot of people more Right. Yeah, I feel like it depends on the person what they use it for. Yeah. Like um I know there's like some people, couple of um family members that use like uh like full spectrum C B D like tincture and stuff. Cause they're like firefighters, they'll use it like after work and stuff and it helps them with their body or like if they're sore or like, you know, just have injuries from work, it'll help them a lot. Rather than like people who just take like the regular tincture, like just um 
it's full spectrum, and then there was another one too. I can't think of the other name, but like there, there's two different purposes for them. You know what I mean? So broad spectrum. Broad spectrum. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then I think another one, uh, another thing that I just remember is that uh, these 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 also help with like seizures and stuff like that too. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, another good thing. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, so another thing uh, that I think we see here is that now that you say you're, you know, a little bit about like generating multiple like revenues and stuff like that. Yep. And we can tell us a little bit like on more or more on the, on that type of like topic and stuff. Um. All right, I guess I'm gonna focus it more towards can of creators because. A lot of people think that you can't make money online because of all the restrictions on social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of different ways you can make money online. Like you could have, say, a podcast and monetize that way. You could create your arts and crafts. Like you can create bongs. You can create like accessories for your glass pieces, accessories for your pouch, different types of rolling trays. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, if you're really knowledgeable about the industry or maybe you have a certain type of certification, you can offer consultations for people. There's there's so many ways that you can make money nowadays with cannabis. But see, I feel like with like for I think a lot of people, I think the the, the hard thing is like guiding through how, how to how to get to that point. You feel me? Like. Like, for example, like for one to like one has a certification or just for one to even want to work in in, in this industry without even being in, in a dispensary, like how, how can they start up by themselves? Like. Oh, I'm sorry. The last part of what you said cut off there. Like, how, how can they start up by how can they start up by themselves? Well, I'd say the first thing you could do is research. Um, In this industry, knowledge is power. Uh, Research, research, research. And when you're done researching, figure out like, what are you most comfortable with? Do you want to talk to people face to face? Do you want to do something at home? Are you interested in film and making content? Are you someone who just likes to work with your hands and make stuff? Figure out what works best for you. Don't try and hop on whatever is trending. Just be authentic, stick to what you like. And from that point, just practice. Like for myself, for example, I want to get into like more paid reviews and stuff and the best way to practice is to do reviews on my own just buy stuff at the dispo tell them my genuine thoughts about it and hopefully a brand will eventually reach out because they see I'm honest with my reviews I give thorough reviews and I'm just being my truest self so then like within like how you were saying like for like the internet and like social media, like it's, it's not really like, I guess for some, some type of post, it could be monetized and some can't, but like, how can one like, um, oh, fuck, I, I hate this time when I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> fuck. different ways to monetize on social media. <sighs> um, 
how can I say this? Um, fuck. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> fucking hate this shit. Um, I'm <laughs> telling you, man, it happens at least every one time in every episode. Once bro. every episode, <laughs> literally once every fucking episode, bro. Um, what was I gonna say? Shit, I'm so sorry. Um, Jordan, you no, got something but, to say? Well, 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 no, I mean, just together? just <laughs> just going off what Nadia said. I feel like we could take a lot of we could take a lot in mm-hmm. of what you said. Because, you know, um, I know Chino has been trying to do the reviews and stuff like that, too. And um, I feel like, you know, you got to start somewhere, too. And I feel like um, they've been going pretty good, you know, so far. And uh, I feel like what you said, you could just take a lot from, you know. Oh, hell yeah, bro. I mean, like, uh, even just for people out there who's just listening. And I think it's just more of, like, the guidance, you know. Um, but, like, I think... It's just the learning process within within like what whatever you're doing, you know, whether if it's an industry in the cannabis industry or even just some in general. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just a learning process on whatever you're doing. Um, but at the same time, I think it's like sometimes it's helpful to know the resources or know, you know, some like somebody or or somebody that's willing to help others get get to where they're at. Because like I think how we mentioned before it's more like i feel like it's a little more competitive here for sure for sure um the best advice i can give to people who are trying to be like paid creators or can influencers is to figure out your niche or figure out your top three niches stick to it pre-plan as much as your content as you can try and do batch work when it comes to your content, like spend maybe one day out of the week and spend like four or five hours just filming content, creating new posts, planning your posts. Um, If you're somebody who uses Instagram, for example, you can schedule up to 10 posts a day, 30 days in advance. Oh, cool. That's what's up. And it's free. Nice. I know for some apps it'd be like, taxing like a little fee you know monthly subscription or like you know to help you monetize and boost your your audience like what 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 do you think on that on those type of like apps and stuff like it doesn't work honestly what works is just doing the old school method like me personally i'll look at who i follow i look at their follower list and i try and look for different accounts that are similar to my account or I just look for people's accounts that are interested in cannabis. Go on there, check it out for a bit, like what I like, leave a comment here or there. And when people see that you're frequently interacting with their account, they're gonna be like, hmm, who is this person? They're gonna look onto your account. They're gonna be like, huh, I'm interested in your stuff. And they'll interact with your stuff. You really have to look at the community that we kind of have because it's so hard for cannabis content to be pushed out there on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. I feel like not a lot of like content is really being pushed out there as much as possible. Um, I feel that's why within, I think the community itself should be like helping everybody out, you know, by like sharing and liking or commenting, like how you were saying, Uh, but I actually got my question from earlier, which is like, from like I guess your point of view as a cannabis uh, influencer, have you like 
new or, or like have you like navigated through the alg algorithm of Instagram, for example, like on how how you can get as much views as possible and in as much as activity as possible? So I'm going to be completely honest. When I was taking my content very seriously, like posting professional things like three times a day, doing news articles, doing studies, cannabinoid information and stuff, I didn't have a lot of reach. And then when I was verified, my engagement like shot through the roof. And after that happened, it went down a bit. And I was like, maybe I should relax with this account a bit instead of being so professional, you know, show a little bit of my other side, be a bit funny with stuff. And when I started posting like funny, relatable content and more recipes, I noticed my engagement and stuff went up. So it's more like try to be in, in everybody's shoes or something like that, or like try to be more relatable? Um, just don't stress it, honestly. Like you, yes, I want to deliver educational content to people and help them debunk cannabis. But like, at the same time, it's not the serious girl. Like you don't have to be talking like it's a lecture every time. Sometimes you can just crack a joke or just shoot a fun fact about a strain or something and it'll reach more people. Yeah. And uh, I was telling Chino too, that like the more you do it, the better it's going to get, you know what I mean? Like the more you practice it, the more you're going to find your niche in it, the more you're going to find the things that you like to do. So I feel like it's, you know, more that you just got to go out there and do it. For sure. For sure. No, totally. For sure. Um, Jordan, my God, do you have anything to say um, or for asking? <clears throat> since we're like on the topic right here. Um, no, as far as like, cause I know that she, um, as far as, as far as the revenue, she was talking about how to monetize, you know, your viewers and stuff like that. Um, I did want to ask a couple questions about how the like the dispensaries you know, handle their money, but I don't know if you, you know, if you saw that part, you know, working in the dispensaries and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I did. And I did do some marketing work and some content creation for some dispos back in Florida. Mm -hmm. So basically, every dispo has, what's the best way to put it? Every dispo has their theme. And they try and look for creators that match their theme. Mm -hmm. And depending on the dispo, a lot of dispos will try and go with free content with some popular influencers. They don't like to shell out that money unless it's for like truly educational purposes. Like they're going to have a workshop or they're asking a famous researcher to come by their dispo. Mm -hmm. They'll put out the money for that. But when it comes to people who are like talking about their new hoodies or their sale and stuff, they'll try and go for people that look like they live that disposed lifestyle and they don't really want to pay people. Some disposed are starting to pay people, but a lot of companies do not like to pay influencers. They'd rather go like, hey, we want to give you 
10 to 20 free products and you advertise mm -hmm. for us and we should be respected and paid for our work just like any other type of content creator. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to ask too. They probably just try to pay you off with like the samples and stuff like that. Like, oh, you get the stuff for free. So, you know, you got to make the content for us. I mean, it, it works. I mean, like it, it works for like a couple of times, but then at the end of the day, it's like, it's your time. But if you're trying to make a real profession out of this, it's like, all right, you know, this is how I'm getting my bread out of out of mm -hmm. this, you know, like, you know, I got to eat too. Mm -hmm. I can't just fucking smoke and not eat, you know? <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. The, the serious brands, the more reputable companies will reach out to you and they'll be like, hey, how much are your rates? Can we possibly come up with a plan? And they are willing to pay content creators, but you can really tell who's a good brand and who's not a good brand with how they, you know, go through their advertising and marketing and how they try and reel people in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those basically. Oh, go sorry, ahead. Jordan. No, let's say go, go. No, I was just gonna ask what some, what are some of the uh, brands that you've worked with that, you know, say would say that you would say have that outlook. Hmm. Well, like they're more about helping people and like you know coming up with a plan and you know willing to pay people for you know what they're doing. I would say. Probably Doghouse mm -hmm. is a brand I can think of. Um, what was that company down south? Harvest House of Cannabis before they were bought. Grow Healthy was another company. Mm -hmm. Up here, can I say I found any? No. <laughs> Um, but down oh, but, south there were a few companies. Yeah, but those were th those. Sorry, but those were all Florida brands down there that you just right. mentioned. Okay, okay. So you would say it was more they were more um willing to do that in Florida rather than Michigan. Yeah. Okay. So based on like since over there, like what 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 are like your your top brands that you like to buy from over there in Detroit? Um, I love church pens. I absolutely love church cannabis company. I enjoy Sozo. I enjoy Elements. I enjoy Pleasantries. What's another good one? Uh, Ripple. I really, really love Ripple. And yeah, those are my faves. Uh, have you tried Midden Asterix? I have tried been extracts. They're okay, but I noticed that their carts oxidize pretty quickly. Like after three to six months, they turn really yellow or they turn really dark. But with a church pen, it's good for about 10 to 12 months. Okay. Yeah. I got to check on my pens then. Because <laughs> uh, I actually went to Kalamazoo. Yeah. Yeah. I got them in Kalamazoo. I have like, I have like a, like, I could say like ten carts in my closet that are admitting extracts. So I haven't touched any of those, so I gotta check up on those now. <laughs> I I wasn't aware that carts even do that. Oh yeah, carts oxidize. Um it depends on how they were extracted because you know mm. there's ethanol extracted carts, they usually have a lifespan of like six to eight months, and then there's CO two extracted carts, those generally last about one to two years. 
Okay, no sir. Okay, nice. So I'm I'm guessing like if in a dispo wise, those would be like the most pricier pricier cards then. Yeah, but they're not too pricey because, you know, Michigan's fairly cheap. Like, if you want yes. some decent yeah. CO2 one gram cards, it's like, what, 20 bucks? Oh, but yeah, that, that, that's amazing. Your prices over there is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, it makes me want to go, man. Like, uh, uh, last time you went, just telling me the prices of what you got and everything was really good quality. You know what I mean? Way better than down here. Yeah, no, I was, uh, have you have you gone to any other state? I mean, states. Uh, any other cities in Michigan and shop? Um, I think the furthest I've ever been was Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice, especially when it came to the assortment of different deals you could get. Okay, but, and, uh, be- and between there and Detroit, where do you think you could get more in Detroit or over there? I definitely say Detroit because we have dispos mm-hmm. like how we have gas stations. There's one on basically every block. They're everywhere, and you could be up at like eleven or midnight, and there's still some type of dispo open. What is like the latest you use? You know that that is open. Uh, one a.m. Oh shit! Nice. So, would you say the the prices are just because of the competition? Yeah, uh, the market is oversaturated, so everything's really cheap. Now, the most expensive flower I can really find is like maybe forty dollars an eighth. Cards like a really really good high end live resin card, you can mm. probably get a one gram for like thirty bucks. It's mm. very cheap. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to make make yeah, that like trip the, to, down to Detroit. Like the play, uh, like the ounce I I brought home, it was from play, and I got it for like for a hundred bucks. Um, that was not bad. That was yeah, um, and that was like the 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 top shelf for for that dispensary. Oh yeah, so I was they like, have fifty dollar ounces now. They do, yeah. I'm like, damn, must be nice. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, uh, usually we I tend to go a lot. Um, and then recently, like just by going out there, made kind of a few connections. So we're we, I'm trying to, you know, bring bring Jordan with me next time and to, mm-hmm. to Michigan and stuff so we can see how it is really. Um, but I, I keep telling everybody I talk to the end that smoke, like just take a trip to, to Michigan. It's not too far from Illinois. And uh, again, it's it's really worth it. Yeah, and we have so many weed things to do here nowadays. Like, compared to when I first came, now you can find like uh, weed based yoga classes. You can find weed tours where you're on a little bus visiting different dispos and historical spots. They have like build your own bong pottery type classes. Sure, There's 420 bud and breakfasts. There's so many different things you can do as a stoner here. I love it. That's amazing. I I didn't know that you guys had a lot of like stuff like that, which is pretty cool. And and is that more like an often thing? Like is that like a casual? Like is that like often for these events to be out, or is it more like an everyday thing now? Um, it's definitely more of an everyday thing now. Like. 
th certain things are more active when it's closer to 420. Like you'll find more of those uh, cannabis tours, you'll find more festivals and stuff. And then the general everyday items now are like the 420 bud and breakfast spots or social clubs where you can just sit down and chill and smoke in there. You know, stuff like that. Bonfires, just smoking bonfires. That sounds really interesting. I feel like I feel like that would be a really good time. Like a little social club or a little bonfire. That would be my type of vibe. Oh yeah. Oh, there's even like the 420 raves. Oh my god, they're so great. Well, like, what is that? Like, I'm sure it's what, like, like EDM music type, right? Or, oh yeah, techno, house, stuff like that. And everyone's just blazed, high as fuck. I bet. <laughs> oh yeah, I went to one um when I first came here, and there were like six people who had these like you know those leaf blower things. They put a whole mm. bunch of bud in those leaf blowers and was just blowing smoke into the crowd. That's crazy. <laughs> That's dope. But um, Nadia, do you have any questions for us or anything before I, I believe we wrap it up? Um, what are y'all's favorite consumption methods? Oh, um, ahead, I'm Dev Head, so I have my puff core right here. And that that's my favorite thing to consume. It's it's just wax. I like I love wax. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a flower um uh, smoker. I'd rather like roll up a joint or like hit a bowl. But recently, uh, Chino has been giving me on the the dabs. Like uh, right before the episode, I was taking little dabs right now too. But um, I'm more of a flower smoker. All right, cool, and. Another question I had for you is if somebody gave you a million dollars and they told you you can create any type of business with it, but it has to be a weed-based business, what would your business be? Uh, that's a good question. So I actually have this like little... Little, I guess, little business plan that I, I, I had, I've been having in the back of my mind. But like, if Loki, if I were to have that money, I would make it, which would be like a, a food joint infused, and it would be like dog friendly, so you could bring your pups, and and they would like, I would have like treats that are infused, and for them to eat, and oh. and, and like it's it, and it's like literally, I don't know why, but like I had like the whole logo and the name of it. Like all in my head, like literally, it would be called Ozzy's Smokehouse because that's my dog's name. <laughs> and and then the logo would be like a red doghouse with like smoke coming out and like a wagtail. <laughs> oh, I love it. I know, yeah. And like and like, I would like serve like all different type of dishes, like some like pastas, pizzas, like burgers, like that type of stuff. Yeah. So you you would stick to the Italian cuisine. Yeah, and like have like TVs there, some music, you know, play some like Kendrick or some Mac Miller, you know, so a little, <laughs> a little bit of jazz, you know, nice for little, Eli. Nice, yeah, nice low vibes. Nice yeah, vibes. you know, a little blues for Eli. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that I think I would do that for for a million dollars, a cannabis business. 
Okay. Um, I don't know. I think if it was a million dollars, I would probably do a dispensary and try to make my own brand within the cannabis industry, whether it's doing flour, um, edibles, and carts. But I would like to like make my mark where it's like everybody knows the brand and it's like it's gonna be like the top shelf stuff, you know what I mean? Almost right. like not like cookies because I feel like cookies is more like hype and it people don't get what they're really looking for. I want it to be something that's like catered towards the customer and then from that brand just make dispensaries from the brand that's already known, you know what I mean? And then possibly just keep doing chains, you know? Or just do multiple locations, but those multiple locations are going to be the same, you know, brand dispensaries. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I have uh, one last question for y'all. Before before you ask the question, let me ask both of you guys a question. So how Jordan was saying that uh that he would want to be the top the top the shelf. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like I think with every kind of his brand, I think that I think that's what they're aiming for. But like mm-hmm. what 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 makes what makes a company different to make it top shelf? The customer experience, I think. Like I feel like people want it to be personalized where they like go in and they want something that's curated just for them, what they need, whether they need it for pain, anxiety, medic you know whatever they need it for, you know what I mean? I feel like it has to be more personal than anything. And that's what really creates what's better because, you know, yeah, you can have like something like cookies where it's just like, oh, this is some za, you know, this is some exotic, but people aren't really getting what they need. What would you say, Nadia? Hmm. I'd also agree that the customer experience plays a great role especially if you have a personal connection with the customer mm-hmm. like like when i smoke something i don't want to smoke like the most uh popular thing at the time or something that's like oh this thing is gas i'm telling you it's gas like mm-hmm. i want to learn about the plant before i consume it like hey this is the strain this is the genetics this is how you're going to feel Tell me what type of experience you want so I can help guide you through that experience. Okay. 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 Um, What was your question that you were going to ask, if you remember, Nadia? Okay. If you only had to smoke one strain for the rest of your life, what would it be? that's a hard one <laughs> it's hard but i think i know my answer already what would it be cereal milk cereal milk and i say that's that one. i say that because i always tend to find myself asking in dispensaries if they have any cereal milk on them like on deck but i will have to i i will have to probably think of another strain though but what about you jordan um i like more like gassy stuff so like i would probably say like some sort of like jet fuel i'll be good with every day because it's like strong potent 
Um, it's like that hazy, like gassy stuff that I like. I don't like nothing too sweet. But then again, too, like I don't want to say that because then, like sometimes I do be craving, some, you know, like some gelato and stuff like that. But like overall, if I like really, really had to choose, I would say either like some Jeff Fuel or like some sour diesel or something, like you know, something like that. Hmm. What you guys, would you say? Have you guys tried right. Hypno Stink? Huh? Hypno Stink. Hypno Stink. What is that? It's like it's it's very gassy. That's for sure. Oh, it's like a strain. Yeah, it's a strain. Oh. What about you, Naya? I would probably say berry gelato. Mm. Would you guys go for any like any cake? Any like any any cake any cake strain? Mm. Wedding cake. Wedding cake. That's probably about it. I like divorce cake. I haven't tried that one. That one sounds interesting. It's like wedding cake, but it has more of like a creamy, sweet taste. Mm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look for that next time I go to Michigan. Yeah, it's a very heady sativa. You said divorce cake. Yes, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Since there's a wedding cake, there's got to be a divorce cake. Right, got to be a divorce cake. <laughs> Fucking shit, man. <laughs> What's up? Well, since like so, so since you have like your your like specific type of strains for your, for different times, what what's like your favorite time uh uh time to smoke? Like, are you a morning morning stoner, a midday, or or a nighttime? Is all day stoner and answer. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> like I, that, welcome I to the club. Yep, yep. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the club. <laughs> like I, I infuse my coffee and my breakfast as soon as I get up. I hit my pen when I'm on the way to work. I eat an, another edible and hit my pen when I'm on lunch. Mm -hmm. I hit my pen again and I have like some serious edibles when I get home. I'm always consuming. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I, just one last topic, but like, what's your intake on that though? Like, like smoking every day, like consuming every day. As long as it doesn't get in the way of like what you have to do, you know what I mean? Okay, let's say you're productive and all, like, like it, you're not, you're on your shit when you're high and all, but like, overall, is it, should, should, should we be a concern of it? Or not? Uh, it think... depends. Like, there's certain there's certain um events where you like got to not go high, like we're going to church or like you know, <laughs> like funeral or something. I don't know. Like you just, I don't know. But like it's it depends on the event. What about you, Nadia? I think there's a big difference between like medical cannabis use like on a daily basis versus having a codependency. Like without cannabis, I am not a productive person. Like if I don't smoke, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm going to this days of work. I'm not going to maintain my house or try and create content. Whereas consuming cannabis every day, it gives me the motivation to do my job. It gives me the motivation to be creative. It makes me move and do things. So if you're using it in a healthy manner, 
yes, I think it's helpful. But if you're someone who's like, oh, I'm anxious all the time without it because I've gotten too used to having cannabis or I want to create an excuse to get high and not do anything instead of trying to be productive, then yeah, it is an issue. I think it depends on your personal relationship with the plants. I feel like, I think in my point of view, I feel like it, it helps. It's like a helping aid journey through life. Um, I, I think that's how, I think how I see it. Uh, I guess it just helps. I think it just helps, helps you go through life. I think that, that's how I put it. Um, because like, I don't know, I think life, it just, it's just random as hell. And then you just never know what, what, what happens, you know, what, what could happen the next hour. So, you know, it just, so it's just like, you know, in, instead of, because I think one wants to, one, I guess, live the way they want to live, but another way is like, I, I'm not, it's not trying to say like dependency or anything like that, because like, like how Jordan said, like there's events where you know you can't go in, uh, you know, you can't go to a job interview stone and say, oh, you can't, uh, like, I don't know, like if you're like a sensitive smoker, you're like, you can't drive if you don't know how to drive high, you know, like, or like at certain things, right. you just can't, you just can't function and, and you got to know your limits. So it it's more like, I have, I think I have no other way to say it than just, it's just, uh, it just helps you go through life. But I think that's how I see it. Uh, I agree to some extent. Cause like there's some mornings where like, you know, similar to Nadia, like I won't be able to have my regular routine if I don't smoke, you know what I mean? Like I won't be hungry in the morning. I won't be able to, you know, get up and, you know, take a shower or do whatever I have to do. But then uh some uh, like other mornings and stuff too where i have like almost like a weed hangover like i smoked a lot the day before i mm -hmm. kind of don't want to smoke you know until you later know, the day the yep yep because then again you get like a little headache i'm not sure if that's just mm -hmm. me or not but you get a little mm -hmm. headache i think that's yeah. when you get too much a little weed in your system and all like it's about time bro chill chill down i get it i definitely get it i honestly don't smoke that often I'm a social smoker. I I mostly just do edibles. Damn, you're wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's those are rabbit holes. That I keep telling Jordan that those are rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. Why, why would you say you're not a social smoker, Nadia? Uh, well, I only I only really smoke when I'm with people nowadays. I guess because of my living situation and stuff. Like, I lived in a lot of different homes where it had a very strict no-smoking policy. Mm -hmm. And me, personally, I noticed that when I smoke a lot, I get sluggish. I don't do all the tasks I need to. I end up making a lot of weird munchies. And when I just do edibles or if I just hit my vape, I'm more clear-headed. I'm more focused and I can do more of my day-to-day -day tasks. Yeah, no, I get you. I think it's just to one smoker's choice on on what they like to do when they're high. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I think if you just smoke a lot or whatever, you just you end up getting too high, then you just of course you're not gonna end up doing shit. But I think if like if you take I feel a, like it's yeah. a, it's a very like fine a, line, you know what I mean? Like, 
if you smoke throughout the day, you'd like, you know, a couple of hits and you'll be fine. Like, don't, you know, go take it three dabs in a row. No, probably take two and, and then continue the rest of the day, you know. You're right. And continue with your day, you know, take two and continue with your day. Um, What'd you say, Gino? You kind of cut out. What was the last thing y'all you y'all heard? Um, I completely forgot, bro. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. You're walking on a very thin line. Did I say oh, that's the last thing I heard? No, well, that that's that that's what I was saying was um, it's a very thin line because like if you're smoking all day, you know you can't get too high, like. Usually I just take a couple hits and I'll be fine, but you can't go around taking like three dabs and then, you know, just be fried, you know, when, you know, you got to be doing something, you know, it's a very fine line between, you know, smoking and being productive and then smoking way too much and then just being there like, you know, like stuck. Right. Oh, but yeah. yeah so. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that's uh, yeah. I mean, you have any more questions for us? Um, nope. That was it for me. All right then, uh, yeah. Um, my boy Jordan, do you have anything else to say, my guy? Before we wrap it up, I believe we did pretty good. No, nah, I mean, I think it was very productive. I feel like I learned a lot, and if you know the the viewers were listening, I feel like they would have learned a lot too. And it was a very good, you know, conversation overall. For sure, and uh, again, we appreciate you giving us your time, and uh, it was pretty dope to have you as our first guest for the new year, and then again, it was a good way to, to start the Cannabis podcast for 2024. Thank you so much for having me. It was it was really great. I'm glad I had this convo. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. And then again, like I told, we tell everybody. Uh, we're always happy to continue working together with everybody we, we've talked with. Uh, you know, we're always open to, to making collaborations with a lot of cannabis people in the industry. So definitely got to have you on again for sure. Well, I'm excited. It was so great to talk with y'all, and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your evening and a wonderful week. Thank you. you yeah, too, I know it too. is Monday, so it's the starting of everybody's week. <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta get up at four thirty tomorrow to get ready for my job. Damn. Yep, I'm a gardener, so we're there from like seven in the morning until like five or six at night. And what what do you like garden like 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 plants in general or? Yeah, I'm a I'm a general gardener for commercial facilities, so we do clones, we manage the veg plants. We veg we do the mom plants. I'm just working with thousands of plants a day in hot ass rooms under these lights and fans. Wow, that sounds sounds excruciating. Yeah, my my family, they did a lot of gardening and farm work. So to me it's like, oh, childhood skills that I was forced to learn is actually being put to good use. Hey, you're making a good buck off it. Yeah, and I I love just working with the plants, seeing all the plants in the morning. Like, wow, I remember when y'all were tiny twigs, and here you all are <laughs> producing buds that are as big as my arm. <laughs> do you uh, just last question? Do you just do you grow your your do you grow cannabis yourself or no? Since since you are a farmer, or gardener, Not, sorry. 
Not yet. Not yet. I currently live in a place where I don't have any type of yard, but whenever I do get my own place, I cannot wait to start gardening. I'm going to try indoor. I'm going to try outdoor. I'm going to try hydro. I'm so excited. And I have so many seeds that I've saved up over the years. I'm just, <laughs> I'm so excited to get started gardening myself. Is it is it similar to like like a normal thing like a normal plant that you that you're working with is it is it similar to growing cannabis? It's like tomatoes to me. Okay. And I'm guessing tomatoes. I don't are, know. Every time every hard? time I've tried it, I've I could never get past like the uh the the like the the sprouting phase. You know what I mean? I could always get the leaf to show up, but I could never get it to go past that. You know. Mm. I. I I know, like you, you always have to have like controlled temperature. You have to have controlled times where it's like light and dark for certain strains, but I'm not sure. Do you have it under a cup? Um, yeah, yeah, to like drain it out, you know, to drain the, the um, what do we call it, the soil out, so it's not too moist on the bottom. But like this is like years ago. That's why I. I that's why I said earlier I'd rather try um. What we call it, uh, growing shrooms than uh than buds. Yeah, I get it. I'm learning a lot from this job, and I'm taking a lot of the notes before I start my own grow. I'm probably gonna do a hydro because that's mostly what I work with. Nice. You gotta send us uh, some samples when they when they grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. For sure. But as we'll wrap it up from here now. Again, thank you for sliding the Canavai podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed your time here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope you all have a wonderful evening. For sure. Thank you. Likewise. And ladies and gentlemen, we won't probably see you to the next podcast episode or vlog. If anything, have a good rest of your day. This is your host, Chino, my boy, Jordan, and our guest, Nadia, calling it you guys out from the Canavai podcast. Take it easy, y'all. Ladies.